Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> well, hello there. So delighted to see you've returned to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker. And today we've got an interesting item. If you come over here, we don't deal very much in garments and clothing, but every once in a while, a rare piece from antiquity will grace our doorstep and sometimes pieces less known in this realm. And if you take a look over here, uh, this is an interesting piece. It is a cap. It's red in color and quite dirty. This cap has seen a lot of use in the wilds. Now, while you may say this cap is quite small, it is probably that of a child who's worn it out playing in the wilderness. You would be quite wrong. For this is a cap of the far derrig, and at the center of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the recently released to shutter film, Unwelcome. So Unwelcome is a film that I heard about a while back, but it just kind of fell off my radar. I kind of forgot about it. And then probably in March, I believe, of this year, it had a very, very short release to theaters, maybe a week maybe two at the most, and then it went direct to video on demand. And even there, you know, I try to check Amazon Prime to see what video on demand is out there. And I, I don't remember seeing this. I don't know why it didn't come up. Uh, it's certainly, as I said, something I forgot about. So I wasn't looking for it in particular, but it was just released to Shudder on the 23rd. So as soon as I saw it come up and I read the premise to it, I thought, okay, I gotta check this out. And it's a really interesting story that, uh, that delves into a lot of different things as far as influences. And uh, it's about Maya and Jamie. Uh, they have a break-in at their apartment. Uh, domestic disturbance where somebody's broken in, a home invasion, if you will, in their London home. And because of this, uh, Jamie inherits a house from an aunt that he he hadn't known for quite some time and they moved to the country only to discover that there are things lurking in the ancient woods behind their house that kind of uh, butts up against their garden that uh, they had a no idea of. And of course, Maya being pregnant is kind of at the center of these uh, malevolent beings in the woods. And we see what happens when almost kind of a mirror image of what happened to them back in London happens to them in this rustic rural town that they've, they've come to live in. And what Maya and Jamie will do to protect one another, to protect their unborn child. It's, it's got a lot of things going on, and we're going to talk about those. But before we do that, I want to want to mention the fact that this film is directed by John Wright. And if you ever watched that movie, Grabbers, he directed that movie. Uh, Mark Stay also wrote this uh, film. Uh, the story is kind of a combination of the two of them working together on this, this idea. But Mark uh, Stay was the writer of this. And you've got a really good cast. I was quite 
quite impressed with some of the people they had in this. Uh, they had a lot of good actors. Uh, a lot of actors I've enjoyed in other films. And we'll kind of talk about that uh, a little more in depth when we talk about the characters. We'll talk about the actors as well. But uh, I, I really can't say too much more about this movie other than the fact that I really liked it. Now, you'll have a lot of reviewers out there. I've seen some that really dig it. I've seen some that liked it, but they you know, have little nitpicks here and there, like, oh, they didn't explain the lore enough. I, I've got my opinions on that. This is a movie that really didn't need to, to lean on lore to be effective. And I'll explain that later, but from here on out, we are going to get spoilery. So if you haven't watched Unwelcome, I encourage you to go check it out on Shudder and come back when you've when have watched it and see what I think about it. See if it uh, how it relates with how you felt about this movie. Uh, if you have watched it or maybe you're on the fence and you don't care about spoilers, we're going to press on. But from here on out, there are going to be spoilers. So let's talk about our two main characters right off the bat, Jamie and Maya. Of course, Jamie played by Douglas Booth. Of course, you may know him from movies like Jupiter Ascending, Pride and Prejudice, and Zombies. He played Nikki Six in the Motley Crue uh, biopic on Netflix, The Dirt, which I absolutely loved and, and really enjoyed his portrayal of Nikki Six. Uh, he plays... Jamie, who is a, a good guy, and we see right off the bat when Jamie and Maya find out that Maya is pregnant, and Jamie goes off to get a bottle of non-alcoholic champagne so they can celebrate, and it kind of spearheads this home invasion that kicks off the beginning of the movie. Uh, we see that he's just—he's not a tough guy. He's a guy that'll talk tough, and and in most cases that usually gets him in trouble. But uh, but he's not a tough guy, and he's got a very interesting story that I really don't think they fleshed out enough because at the beginning uh, there's a big thing about this home invasion and Jamie having to sit there and watch as he's had his ass kicked and he, he's sitting there watching being held down as a couple of these three thugs uh, attack his wife and kick her and beat her and threaten her with a knife and it's not until the cops come along and and scare them off that that they even are, are, are alive and he has to sit there and watch that and it's funny because jamie's aunt dies uh she's an old woman she dies leaves jamie her estate and and they move off to the rural country so they move from the, the violence of london to this rural uh town that jamie you know he he'd been there as a child but uh it's funny because when we see Jamie at this stage in the game, he's got a, a boxing, you know, punching bag, and he's listening to podcasts about Krav Maga, and he's trying to toughen up. He's trying to be tougher. He wants to be able to protect his wife, but he's still the same Jamie who is is not a tough guy. You know, he, he, Leopard can't change his spots, and he's not a tough guy, even though he'll talk tough. He's just loath to back it up. And that's not to say that's a good thing or a bad thing. It is just how this is. And it was a little disappointing with this character because they set up this arc with him, you know, not being able to protect his wife. And they never really paid it off. I mean, he has a moment where he stands up to, to another antagonist of this movie at the very end. But even then... He doesn't save the day for his wife. He doesn't really protect her. He he stands up 
to the bad guy, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but it's really the dog that comes along and attacks the bad guy and saves both Jamie and Maya. So I really like this character. I thought this character had some interesting paths they could have gone down as far as fleshing out a an interesting story arc for this character but it just was never really paid off what they set up at the beginning and that was a little disappointing one of the few things that disappointed me about this movie now maya is played by hannah john Kamen, and you probably know her from i mean, she's been in a ton of things uh star wars force awakens she was a first officer or first order officer she's in tomb raider uh, resident evil welcome to raccoon city she played jill valentine She's done a couple episodes of Black Mirror. She was in a couple episodes of Game of Thrones. Uh, She had a recurring role in Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which I loved. F you, Netflix, for for canceling that. But I really like this character because she... Again, they're a nice couple. They're a good couple. They love each other. They they don't fight a bunch. Uh, you know, they have their their little tiffs about various things. But but they're a good couple and they're good people. And we meet her. She's just finding out she's pregnant. And when we get that little bit of a time jump to where they're moving to this rural town where where Jamie spent uh, time at his aunt's as a child, she is very much pregnant. She's probably in the third trimester. Uh, very close to, to her due date. But she, uh, like I said, aside from just being a, a, a good person, uh, there is an interesting kind of subtext to a lot of that's going on because she was in that home invasion with her husband and she was there when her husband wasn't able to protect her. So it really feels like sometimes she is trying to protect herself. Uh, she doesn't, I don't think, feel like she can depend on her husband. And she is going out of her way to intervene on his behalf because uh, she knows he's going to, he's trying to talk tough to overcompensate for, you know, not being there when she needed him. And so she kind of steps in and tries to be the, um, I don't know, the voice of reason, and that led to some of the uh, the chaos that ensues later. But uh, but again, a very interesting character that has, uh, I want to say an interesting arc, but I don't even know if it's an arc for this character, because she's uh, becoming a mother, but by the end of it, she becomes... A mother of a different sort and and I don't know if there's any connective tissue to that as far as her going from point A to point C we don't have a, a B level to this this arc there's no irony from where she started to where she ended up there's nothing we learn about her character that makes where she started and where she ended up make sense like that aha moment oh i see why this happened so that was a little disappointing as well now they move to this town and they meet a lot of the townspeople and some of them seem standoffish at first but then are very welcoming the one family that they come across that's going to do some work on their house because this house has holes in the roof and and the kitchen needs remodeled it's quite old the wayland family is a, another group of actors that uh, that everybody knows, uh, or at least most of them everybody knows. Of course, Daddy Whalen, played by Colm Meany. Jesus, he's been in Die Hard 2, Dick Tracy. He was in that Star Trek series, Next Generation. He was kind of the Scotty ripoff. One of my favorite movies, Mystery Alaska. He was in that. Just a, a fantastic actor. And he plays this, this character, Daddy Whelan. And it, it's so funny because... and it's. 
It's funny in a very uncomfortable way because he insists everybody call him daddy. His kids call him daddy. He insists that Maya and and Jamie call him daddy. It's very unnerving uh, that he that he asked them to to call him this. But it's more of a dominance thing. He's a very dominant patriarch to this family, and they even mention that uh, he's the one that keeps his rowdy kids under control and he very much plays this bully type of character that that rules and gets his way through force uh, some of the other kids in the Wayland family uh, Killian played by Chris Wally not really familiar with his work but he he did a good job he plays like the typical uh, tough guy always making lewd comments to women uh, trying to be a badass a grade-A dickhead. Uh, there's the daughter, Aisling, played by Jamie Lee O'Donnell. I- I'm not really familiar with her, although the- she did look familiar. My wife recognized her right away from Dairy Girls. And then Owen, played by Christian Naren. Of course, you know him as Hodor from uh, Game of Thrones, plays the uh, kind of uh, like the big, lumbering, simple-minded character. Unfortunately, Christian Heron gets typecast in that uh, a a lot, which is a shame because in anything I've seen him, interviews and whatnot, he's a very articulate and and lovely man. But even though he's simple-minded, even his father calls him simple-minded, we find out later when he... Owen character has a conversation with Maya that he's not as simple-minded as he comes across. And even though he is a, a big lumbering giant who comes across very soft-spoken, uh, it doesn't mean he's a good person either because there's that horrible scene where Daddy Whelan has kind of kicked the shit out of Owen and he runs off. Maya chases him down and, of course, has this very touching moment where she sympathizes with him and he doesn't seem like a bad guy. He does just seem like a misunderstood gentle giant. But then all of a sudden he starts making advances and forcing himself on her. And you realize, oh my God, he's he's not a good guy. He's just like the rest of his family. He's fucked up and a horrible person. And I loved how they played this scene out because it, it pans away up and out and you don't really see the scene play out until later when you see Maya after it's all been said and done and you see this look on her face like she has just been through something and you're like oh my god he he did it he he forced himself on her and then you realize that that's not why she has the look on her face she just ran into the the other sort of main character, although it's not one character, it's a, a group of characters that we're going to talk about, the Fardarig, or the Redcaps, as as they're colloquially talked about in this, the, the little people. And I was fascinated by this because if you play D&D, you know what Redcaps are. If you ever played that uh, RPG uh, game online, Neverwinter, You've seen red caps, and and I liked how D and D's lore and the lore of the Far Darig and the lore of the red caps all kind of intertwined to to make these characters, which I I thought were really cool I, from the design of these characters to how they pulled it off. But we're going to talk about the the red caps, the Far Darig, the lore of it right off the bat. Of course, the Far Darig is an Irish mythology. Uh, they're kind of akin to leprechauns. Uh, Fardarig means red man. They're said to wear red coats and a red cap. 
they're really known for practical jokes, and, and sometimes these practical jokes can can turn gruesome. Uh, one of the examples I read was replacing babies with changelings, things of that nature. Now, while Fardarig is an Irish mythology, and of course this is an Irish movie, Red Cap is actually more of a Scottish Anglo type of lore. They're very similar. Of course, they have the pointy teeth and the uh, skinny fingers with the large talons and the beady eyes. They also wear red caps. So I, I think uh, like a lot of lore, uh, it all comes from the same place. And every nationality has got their own variation on it. They may look a little different, act a little different, but it's all pretty much the same thing. But these creatures were really cool in their design, and, and I'll get into that here in a little bit. But that's really what this movie is basically about. Jamie inherits this, this cottage, this house from his aunt. It has a garden. This garden has a border between the garden and this old, ancient, gnarly, wooded area behind the garden. It's blocked off by this stone wall with this creepy wooden door and there's like a little slot and he finds out that his aunt had been making sacrifices blood sacrifices nothing too gruesome she just leaves out a little bit of liver every night to the the little people the red caps the far derig uh, as an offering to them and it all seems like I, I would say that it comes across as just a crazy old lady but from the very get-go, we get POV shots of, of little creatures and little vocalizations. Uh, so you know that they're real. And there's never a question about that. I think maybe that could have been been done a little more. Oh, it's just myth. It's nothing. And then, bam, no, they're real. We really get a sense that they're real from the beginning of this movie. But there really are kind of two stories. There is essentially the story of Maya coming to grips with the fact that the Farg Derrig are real. And then there's the story of Maya and Jamie in this new house where they're trying to get things done, but they're dealing with this Whelan family who are taking liberties and things escalate because Jamie's trying to be the tough guy. He's trying to be the protector of his wife, the protector of his unborn child. And that just makes worse because he shoots off his mouth and essentially can't back it up until the... Uh, Christian Nairn character Owen goes missing because of that incident with him and Maya in the woods and Daddy Wellen comes looking for his son and this a, a second uh, home invasion scenario happens at the, the last uh, third of this movie in the third act and the movie really is about what a mother will do to protect her her unborn child, protect her family because she knows her husband can't do it. Uh, she has come to realize that these uh, Fardaric, these red caps are real because she saw them take Owen out, uh, drug him off, and they end up <laughs> coming back. And And this is the really cool reveal scene where we, I think we first see a red cap in its, its glory. Uh, Maya's at home alone. And she sees through the window this kind of uh, little hand shadow going up to the door handle, opening the door. And then in comes this red cap. And he's holding a bag and he gives it to her and it is Owen's head. To which Daddy will find later and escalate the whole situation. But she eventually makes a deal with the red caps. Much like Jamie's aunt did years before. Because we find out uh, that Jamie's aunt had a, a daughter 
and that daughter ended up going missing. And it turns out that she made a deal with the Red Caps to save her husband, I believe, uh, from an illness by giving up her firstborn. And when all this chaos is going on with the Whelan characters, uh, the Whelan family uh, attacking this house, uh, she runs off to the Red Caps to make a deal with them. We never really actually see the deal going down, uh, whether it's just presumed that it is going to be her child that is taken or if uh, it is a, hey, will you please do this for me? Uh, I'll do whatever you want. And whatever they want is that they want this child, which led to the Red Caps uh, storming the house and, and killing off the Whelan family. Again, we'll get into some of the, the details and the, the things I liked about that uh, a little bit later too. But then, of course... Uh, payment is due once these red caps uh, save the family. Maya goes back to this little uh, hovel that they had, the stone hovel that they have in the woods that goes kind of go goes down into the earth and these tunnels and and you find this old lady there, which was uh, Jamie's aunt's daughter that was taken away by the red caps decades ago. She is there. She's kind of like their mother figure. It's kind of a weird situation, but this mother figure has Jamie and Maya's baby and Maya is, is not leaving this baby here. She kills the old lady and kills one of the red caps and then uh, goes back to the house. And, and then they had this really weird scene at the end where Maya is essentially baptized in blood by this floating skull and all the red caps are surrounding her, uh, calling her mother red cap. And it's just a really weird, creepy end. Jamie has this really weird reaction where he screams, but you don't know if it is a scream of terror or a scream of, uh, he almost has a delighted look on his face. I, I don't know what's going on there. It is a really weird ending, but it's a weird ending to an otherwise enjoyable movie because there was a really a, a lot to like about this movie. Uh, the story, I think, was relatively simple. This movie's bookended by home invasions. The stuff with the red caps is essentially what uh, what weapon Maya will use to protect her family from the next home invasion. As I said, uh, Jamie kind of gets screwed in this as far as a story arc because, you know, he has that one scene at the end where he stands up to Daddy Whelan, but it's the dog. It's uh, Rory, the, the drunk that... Uh, that uh, is at the beginning of the movie, his dog that comes and saves the day. And it, it's just kind of lackluster for him. Uh, Maya has this weird arc from becoming a mother at the, the beginning of this movie to becoming mother of the red caps by the end. But there's no connective tissue as to what that even means for her. If it means anything, there's no irony to it. There's no aha moment. I see this is this is why this happened. So that was a little disappointing. Uh, but other than that, there really are some some interesting things going on here. Some interesting characters. The red caps were very fascinating uh, because I think probably the best part of this movie was the red caps and. And everything around them from that first scene where you get just little glimpses and POV shots from behind this this garden door 
where they're watching Jamie's aunt as she's he's, she's died to that scene where Rory is walking down the road going home after after drinking a lot and you see him walking past this old castle church and you see this little tiny figure jumping from the parapets from one level to the next before Rory is attacked and killed to that great scene when you really get a full reveal of the red caps when when that red cap brings Owen's head to Maya and they did a lot of really cool work with this special effects wise because these creatures were all done practically for the most part uh they were guys or girls in in costumes uh real life size but then they took the uh sets and made replicas two times bigger so when they're in these these giant sets they look like small people and they kind of matched them up and superimposed and 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 made it look like there's this little creature inside of a a big house with a a big person and it just reminded me a lot of the tricks that they used peter jackson used when making the hobbit stuff in lord of the rings he used a lot of forced perspective i don't think they used that in this as much as like i said they they did with the regular sized person in just a bigger set uh but it was cool they had the the costumes they had practical goblin uh, you know red cap faces and then they used cg to superimpose motion capture faces on top of these so you got uh a little creature and then you got the facial movement and articulation done by by cg and it just all was a great marriage of these different ways of pulling this off and you've got bigger budget movies that can't do this shit or or won't do this shit they'll just go completely with the cg route and nine times out of ten it looks bad it looks like cg whereas this they did it practically they use cg to enhance it and to me that's the best use of cg when cg is enhancing practical effects and i thought they did a fantastic job it really reminded me of that 1973 made-for-TV movie, uh, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Not the not the one that came out in, what, like 2010, 2011 with Katie Holmes. I did like that. But now this is the 73 uh, made-for-TV movie where they did that. They had people in costumes, and then they had these giant sets, uh, the giant staircase with ball, and they had these actors in, in costume on this giant staircase, and it looked like they were these little creatures. And they did a lot of that. And, and it reminded me, the, the effects that they did in this, it reminded me a lot of that 73, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Now, one of the chief complaints I've heard about this movie is the fact that uh, they don't really dig much into the lore. But I, I don't think you need to know the lore of the Red Caps. Uh, I mean, I knew of Red Caps through like Dungeons and Dragons and the, the game Neverwinter. And I, I knew they were kind of mischievous creatures, a lot of laughing, very much like the Gremlins. And, and I know this, this movie kind of has a, a good feel like the Gremlins meets Ghoulies, meets Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, meets uh, Straw Dogs uh, when you're talking about home invasion movies, especially ones set in the, the British Isles. But they are very cackly creatures. And I thought they portrayed that excellently in this movie. The lore of the Fardarig really matched what they portrayed on here, even though it is kind of an amalgamation of uh, the Fardarig, the Red Caps, stuff like that. But I don't think 
you needed to know why this is happening. These are creatures that are, are ancient, oldest time probably. And all you have to know is that they are. You don't have to know why. You have a little bit of the lore that Jamie's aunt would set out a piece of liver as a blood offering every night to to keep them at bay. Now there are several of them and how that little piece of liver would feed all them and sate all their, their bloodlust. I, I don't know, but there again, you, know, you gotta have at least a little bit of suspension of disbelief, but you really don't need to know why they're there. You just have to know that they are. It's not like gremlins where you got to know the rules don't feed them after midnight. Don't get them wet. Don't put them in direct sunlight. It's not, it's not like you fucking need those, that sort of lore explained to you. They are, you get, the reason why they get that bloodlust, you know, when they, they haven't been fed, uh, they get hungry. And that's when you get characters like Rory killed. And it almost feels like the town knows something. Uh, the town is nice to them because they know that they're going to be taking up the mantle that Jamie's aunt took up and, and feeding these creatures and keeping them at bay, keeping them satisfied. And it almost feels like the townsfolk know about this they knew what was going on with the ant feeding these creatures and I, they never really come out and say it but that's kind of the vibe that i got with this which i thought yeah made another interesting aspect of the lore that uh sometimes lore should be explained sometimes lore needs to be explained but sometimes lore can be divined just from the context of how things are happening in the movie you don't always need everything explained to you word for word and beat for beat sometimes uh things just are but ultimately i really like this movie i thought the acting was probably the best thing about it i thought the Fardaric, the red caps the creature design and the special effects to bring these creatures to life was just wonderful i thought the portrayal of these creatures was really fun and gleefully menacing my my couple biggest complaint two biggest complaints was the fact that jamie and maya didn't really have very cohesive arcs uh they you know they they set things up and had a hard time paying it off at the end uh, succinctly and in a way that that made sense that that gave them a journey and then that really weird ending uh that's where i would have liked to had something explained a little more there uh, i mean not not as to what was going on with Maya. You know, she's essentially replacing the old woman that she was killed and being this mother figure to the Fardarig. Uh, I think that may be where some lore could have helped as to why they needed a mother figure, why they needed her to be the mother red cap at the very end. Uh, but the thing with the floating skull and the blood, I just wasn't quite sure what that was all about. And not even in a way that makes me, you know, sometimes I things don't need to be explained because it's there to just make you wonder about what what's going on or what happened. This didn't, didn't even give me that. It was more of just a, okay, uh, she's getting blood poured on her from the floating skull okay well, next uh, I, I didn't really care about it so uh, it, it didn't work in that regard for me but ultimately like i said acting special effects the story for the most part i thought was really solid and really good outside of a couple missteps with story arcs and, and that ending 
And it did have some some chill-worthy moments, some moments that were creepy and spooky, uh, not terribly scary. The the scene where the Red Caps attacked the Whelan family in the house uh, was just delightful. It, like I said, it very much felt like a, a cross between gremlins and ghoulies. And just the way they filmed these, these Red Caps was just eerie and otherworldly and creepy. Them getting all stabby with their little knives was, was quite enjoyable. Enjoyable. And it had some really good gore scenes. If you're into gore, there's a really good scene with the Aisling character where she gets her stomach ripped open. There's a little bit of CG work there that wasn't great, the initial stab. But then they did some practical guts and stuff like that, which I thought was really cool. But uh, but I really did enjoy. That's, that's where the movie got delightfully wicked and was uh, was why I enjoyed this movie so much because it was spooky, it had creepy moments, and then when the creatures are introduced, like I said, it just becomes a delightfully wicked movie to watch. So there you have it. Those are my thoughts on the recently released to Shudder movie Unwelcome. Uh, it was a welcome watch for me. I was I was really happy with this. Uh, from top to bottom, I thought it was a pretty good movie, if not a really good movie. Like I said, other than a couple story gaffes, I really did enjoy this. And I think, like I said, the cast and the acting and the creatures uh, were two things that made me forget about any problems I had with this movie. Uh, they were that enjoyable for me. So I want to thank everyone for uh, checking out my thoughts on Unwelcome. If you haven't watched this movie, go watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, if you like creature features, uh, I think it's a it's a fun watch. If anything, it's a, it's a delightful watch. And I, I mean delightful in the most disgusting and wicked and maniacal way possible. If I cackle like a red cap, I would cackle after saying that. But I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Unwelcome. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. You can check out more what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. You know the places. Facebook, where we're posting trailers, uh, posting articles, posting my two cents, posting other things, uh, celebrity birthdays and holidays and whatnot. Uh, you can also find stuff on Instagram, where, again, we're posting holidays and we're posting uh, you know, my thoughts on various things. Uh, just couple places you can check out what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop as far as the new episodes and wherever you're checking out this episode, uh, follow it, subscribe to it, like it, whatever you're going to do, whatever the platform you're listening to, Spotify, uh, iTunes, iHeartRadio, whatever you're going to do, follow it so you stay on top of all the latest episodes and the new episodes that come out, usually every Monday and Thursday, but uh, like today, uh, we had a yard sale this past weekend, and I had no time to do anything as far as recording. So this is why this is on a Tuesday, but usually Mondays and Thursdays when we when we drop new episodes, and then sometimes some random curiosities and other things uh, smattered here and there. But stay on top of that by following, subscribing to the podcast. Like it, and share it with your friends, and leave a review. Five stars would be awesome. Whatever review you leave, we do appreciate that. So until next time... Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha!